welcome to episode number 17 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast, recorded on March 21st, 2019. My name's Eric, I'm the host of the show. I'm based in southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, VE3 EPN, and a computer geek. I got into preparedness when I was working frontline emergency services and witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events such as ice storms, power outages, etc. I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared and to be able to look after themselves for at least 72 hours, if not longer. Well, greetings to the Doomstead. My name is Ian, and I live on a small hobby farm. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sport shooter, reloader, and my farm's designated handyman. My professional background has taught me to adapt to unexpected situations and also reinforces my belief that learning never ends. I'm Alan. I'm a, my, my friends and family call me a safety nerd. My background as a first responder has helped, helped me develop my mind for safety. I teach first aid, coach my family and friends to be better prepared. I'm a locksmith by trade and have worked in the physical security industry for more than 20 years now. Hi, my name's Taha and I'm a professional accountant based in Toronto. Um, after having worked uh, in various accounting positions in the industry for about 10 years, I started Countech CPA, which is a virtual accounting firm that utilizes cloud-based technologies to automate manual accounting, bookkeeping, and payroll processes. Um, what we do is basically by customizing a tech stack for our, our clients, we increase efficiency, which allows our clients to spend more time on business growth and be b better prepared for CRA audits, which no one likes. Well, it sounds basically just by that introduction alone that tells me you're smarter than the rest of us put together, I think, so. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment, but I yeah. think I'm not smarter than any one of you here. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so we've got some uh, sensible or uh, I don't know, maybe some financially savvy content for you in this episode. Uh -huh. Already off to a good start with the jokes. <laughs> We're going to start off with some news articles relating preparedness in the outdoors. Uh, we'll be letting you know how we've improved our preparedness since our last episode. Then we're going to get into the main topic of the episode, money's role in preparedness. So let's uh, move into some news articles. Uh, I found a couple of articles for this week. One from the Financial Post predicting a recession. Of course, that's uh, um, not really news. Uh, stats say that we go through one about every, what, eight years or so, and we're, uh, we're overdue for that one. So... I uh, thought that was kind of topical. And then I found another video. This particular one was from CNN. Uh, shows two girls, they were sisters, five and eight years old, who spent the weekend lost in the woods. Uh, mom and dad had done some survival training with them, and the local 4-H club uh, had done some training with them. So it was a video that, that was taken, of course, after the fact, and uh, they discussed kind of some of the things that they did to keep themselves safe. And uh, they all came, they came out without being any uh, any worse for wear, which I thought was pretty cool. That's very interesting, the fact that mm -hmm. actually both my girls are at uh, a 4-H camp right now called Surviving the Challenge. So it's uh, I guess it comes in handy. Oh, look at there that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, uh, I found a news article here from uh, Financial Post, and it's just in regards to a sec uh, Canada Security uh, Watchdogs uh, talking about the uh, framework to address risks of posed by uh, websites and companies that have popped up uh, to allow investors to buy and sell Bitcoin and other digital currencies. So uh, interesting topic, uh, especially since we're on the uh, financial thing this uh, this episode. Um, they're looking at maybe regulating those securities because right now it's kind of uh, the Wild West as far as uh, regulation and, and how things work uh, with uh, with the cryptocurrency. And uh, just figured I'd throw that uh, that article in for us. 
I had uh, one as well, but it was basically, uh, I've been getting grief from uh, private messages from uh, some of the listeners about how we don't have enough Canadian news. And I, I tried my best to find something preparedness related and the best I could come up with is still something in the States. And uh, so Nebraska flooding. So uh, yeah, nothing unusual there. Nebraska gets floods every spring, kind of like Manitoba does. But uh, this one was interesting. The fact that it was seven feet over the highest level they've ever recorded. So it was uh, a definitely a, uh, uh, a record-breaking flood for sure. So you never know. Uh, just when you think you're prepared for the worst, I guess it comes along even, even more so worse. Um, first time on the podcast, I thought I would contribute to the newsroom here. Uh, what I found was uh, something about tax prep software, and also since it's the tax season, a lot of people try and find ways to do the taxes themselves. Uh, some people get help of a professional accountant. Some people try and find a free software just to save some money. Uh, the article talks about where your data is going. Um, you got to be careful about just signing up for a free software. You should be concerned about who's the end user of your data because when you share financial information with someone, you basically share everything with them. So you got to be careful about what's out there, what's free. There are no free lunches in the world. So this is Absol- a oh, example for that. Couldn't agree more. I mean, you look at Facebook. I mean, when something like Facebook or this tax software is free, you're not the customer, you're the product. So, I mean, I think it definitely they have to make some money somehow. And so that's just like Facebook or anything else. They sell your information for a reason. Oh, absolutely. The computer geek in me pops up when, uh, when I hear this one. Absolutely. You're, uh, if you're not paying for it, you're, you're paying for it somehow. It might not be financially, but uh, they're getting something out of you. Even if, even if people decide to do their personal taxes themselves, just to make sure that they are, they're more educated about their personal finances or maybe they just have an interest um, in, in doing it themselves, you can pick... Uh, something from Costco. I think you get ten returns for twenty nine ninety nine. You can't get any, can't get any better than that. And good use for your Costco membership as well. Oh yeah, and then uh, hopefully they're not stealing your data as well, right? Um, well, <laughs> hope so. yeah. yep. No comments there, but yeah. I yeah. Hope Fair enough. We can hope, anyways, right? <laughs> so maybe we'll move into what we've done lately for our preps. Uh, so for myself, the last week, uh, I've been working on a new skill. I've uh, been uh, picking Alan's brain a little bit here. I've been uh, working on lock picking. Uh, uh, so picking, s- picking. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've, I've successfully gained access to, uh, to my master uh, master lock that I use for my trailer. So I was uh, I was quite actually surprised how easy it was once uh, once I got the hang of picking a few basic locks to actually gain access to that one. Um, needless to say, it's not locking my trailer anymore. Kind of kills the confidence level in all these locks you you spend money on, right? Yeah, considering I'm I'm just learning and I opened it up with uh, within about two or three minutes and it was actually locking my boat. Um, yeah, no, not anymore. Actually, a question for Alan: Do they actually have like I heard they have like lock picking or I can't remember what they actually call them, but like lock picking tournaments and stuff like that? Is that a yes? Uh, lock, lock sport is what it's called. Um, there are many many organizations around that that do that where it's it's hobbyists that get together and um, and pick locks and there are um, all kinds of competitions out there, uh, including. Um, um, Different types of manipulation. I'm drawing a blank on the impressioning is the is the is the technique that's used to actually make a working key with a file and and some specific skills. Um, I actually watched a watched a guy make a key for a standard Schleg A series lock, which is just a, a fairly basic two key and knob cylinder. He actually made a working key from a blank with a file and a pair of vice grips in about 47 seconds, which is a little bit less time than it takes me to 
find the screwdriver in the back of my car. Um, so I was, uh, it, it's quite impressive. Some of the guys that do that and that's, that's, you know, that's their, like their main focus outside of their day job. If they have one, um, there are guys out there that it blocks better than anybody I've ever, I've ever seen. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm nowhere near as good as they are. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to learn. Huh. Well, it's, um, it, it, put, it definitely puts into context what, what we actually, what we rely on for security. Well, as for myself, I guess I've been busy again, uh, cleaning up some more underbrush on the farm, like basically, uh, you know, fire season's coming up. So we were cleaning all the stuff that fell down during the big stores over the winter. So uh, other than that, I stocked up on some animal feed, uh, made another reloading brass deal with Bogey actually a couple weeks ago, but I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, let's see here. I did some controlled burn work before the burn ban kicks in. Like I said, April 1st, um, took a chainsaw with my daughter. Actually, we hiked up the trails uh, behind the house and we had to work on maintenance work that since the winter storms had knocked down a bunch of trees behind us, we actually decided to clean that up. So the trails that we use back there are everything for my daily hike that we were talking about before with the fitness and prepping. Uh, we use it for hunting and of course uh, provides a nice little bug out trail system uh, through our little rainy jungle to make North Vietnam blush. And then we uh, took down the spare tire of my truck, uh, rust scraped and painted the rim and checked the pressure and run that back up there and then did a general inspection of the underside of the bug out vehicle. Uh, for me, it's been a week of heavy training, uh, lots of knot tying practice. I've been doing, uh, learning some rescue knots and um, trying to get those so that I can do them one-handed behind my back and blindfolded while being kicked in the head. And uh, it's been a good time. Can't tie knots, tie lots. That's rule number two. Interesting. After hearing all of that, it looks like I haven't done anything throughout the week. <laughs> yeah, but it's tax season. You get a buy on that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, this this month's a write-off for you no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so maybe we'll move into the main topic of the show, being uh, financial preparedness. Uh, so why do we worry about financial preps? Well, number one, it acts as layoff insurance. Yeah, I would say uh, there's also a medical disability insurance aspect, basically at K2 have suddenly stopped having the ability to work. Uh, certainly if it's not covered by your company, it's something to keep in mind. So I guess uh, it certainly adds to peace of mind. And uh, maybe a little bit of savings to buy some gear at, uh, at Rapid Survival. Huh? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> three, three bad jokes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Should ask some background uh, music for that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, of course, it's a security that can get traded for uh, for items in the event of a financial collapse or, or other type of emergency situation. Uh, I'm assuming society still places value on on currency versus something else. Uh, First, you want to make sure you've got uh, some small bills. Chances are people won't be making change. But, uh, you know, if your home is destroyed in a natural disaster or other type of event, it's not covered by insurance, you still need to pay the bank, right? So something else you want to keep in mind. Uh, and that's why we kind of start uh, with preparedness for your for your, fi your financial preps. Yeah, I wanted to add a note in there as well. Like over here, we have uh, an ex ex extra fee for earthquake insurance. But the problem is, if I think the earthquake was big enough to wipe out a bunch of houses, Businesses being businesses, you know darn well, they'd probably try and declare bankruptcy long before they try to pay out thousands of claims, right? True. <laughs> I mean, I think even in 9-11, a bunch of the insurance companies went to bankrupt rather than paying out all the claims they had. So they just said, ah, well, let's close the doors. So, and it's it's a massive premium out here too. Actually, it's about double, double the cost for house insurance and earthquake wow. insurance. Wow. Uh, just, just to add something to that, um, although you might be thinking that you got some sort of insurance that covers you, not sure how many people actually read through the fine print and realize what is actually covered and what isn't covered. Good point. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
a lot of people just sign up for the insurance, think they're covered for absolutely everything. And, and meanwhile, that fine print comes out and bites you when, uh, when you're coming to, to cash in. It's only when you have to use it is when you realize a lot of the stuff was uncovered. You're not supposed to have X many gold bars in your house at that moment. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be digging. For, I'd be digging through the rubble for the slag, though, for sure. Just to make sure. You're <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, maybe we'll move into uh, some questions here for uh, the expert on the show, and uh, start out with uh, the nice, easy one for you. What's the uh, the most common financial mistake you see people make? So the most common one, uh, when I talk to my clients, uh, friends and family, acquaintances, people strike up a conversation when they know that I'm an accountant, is they do not save enough of their paycheck or in the prime years or in, in the years that they're making the most money is when they don't save up enough. Um, that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people doing. Um, it's not like they're not making good money. Um, yep. They're making very good money as a combined family income you're bringing in tons of cash however you're you're spending it the same way and uh you don't save enough for your retirements or for years where the income is not sufficient to cover your expenses so what percentage would you suggest people be uh be putting aside um it, it really depends on a person to person um i would say the goal should be and this might be a little high for a lot of people but the goal should be to set aside at least 20 to 25% of every paycheck that you make um, just as a, a retirement saving, you could say, or uh, to, to purchase something that would appreciate in the future. Hmm. Well, for those of us that uh, dislike banks, I'm not saying I'm one of them, just say it. Uh, possibly some of our listeners though, do you have any advice on how to uh, store and save money maybe uh, as an alternative means besides like stuffing it under a mattress? Stuffing it under the mattress definitely will not work. Now, in in in, um, in, in any first world country, uh, the banks are the central. Uh, the the entire economy is centered around the banks and insurance companies. Unfortunately, those are two areas that you cannot avoid. Um, imagine driving on the road and you get pulled over and you don't have car insurance. What what are you going to tell the cops? I don't like insurance companies. Well, that's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Similarly, um, you dislike banks. However, if you do decide to buy some property of your own, purchase something, sell something, um, you might have to go through a bank. Uh, you won't be able to get a mortgage without visiting a bank. You might not be able to pay your utility bill if you decide not to visit the bank. So um, there, there's some people out there who do not like banks, but that's something that you just have to um, keep it in your heart and just uh, do the transactions with them. It's a necessary evil, right? So you, yeah. you got to do it. Hold your nose, get it done. I mean, who doesn't yeah. deposit their <laughs> paycheck directly to a bank account nowadays, right? Correct. Exactly. I was uh, actually a big thing with um, um, with Starbucks. I, I remember that. I remember hearing that in Canada, it wasn't such a big deal because people would, um, you know, everybody everybody gets their pay- paycheck direct deposited. But in the U.S., there's a there's a significant volume of their of their employees that don't have bank accounts, and so there there was you know a postal disruption, and all of a sudden, you know, tens of thousands of Starbucks employees weren't getting paid because the checks weren't being delivered on time, which was just I, I find I just I don't understand. I, I, I can't understand how it happens, but it's a big thing in the U.S. where people don't have bank accounts. Um, huh. Just hmm, that's that's a, that's a little surprising. Wouldn't you just pick it up from your employer instead of putting it? Well, in yeah, but if, but if the if the check has the check has to be mailed from the corporate headquarters to the stores and then they get picked up. 
Oh wow! So okay. it, and so it wasn't it wasn't getting out to the stores. Yeah. Interesting. Sounds like yeah, that's not people, good. It sounds like there's some people down there Tarzaning from paycheck to paycheck. You know, just kind of like just making it from one to the other and <laughs> yeah. just get their money just in time, right? Yep. So are there are there common myths about finances that we should know about? Um, I remember hearing, I think it was my grandpa told me a story during the like during wartime when um, people would try and buy things above and beyond above and beyond the ration allotments, and they, the currency they had, the cash they had on hand, wasn't useful. Uh, nobody, it wasn't worth anything. Is that is that a thing? Are there any other no, myths out is, there we should is- know about? That is a reality. Uh, however, in uh, in where we are in, in North America, it's 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 the chances of that happening is very slim. However, there there are certain parts of the world where, due to political instability, uh, the entire regime collapses, or you have a political shutdown, and currency is no longer it's it's worth nothing. Uh, when they had the war in Iraq, um, they were selling the local currency at the paper shops because it was worth nothing anymore. And the U.S. dollar became the major currency. So, in, in in extreme situations like that, yes, that is correct. And what comes in handy during that time, like it or not, is precious metals. Actually, interestingly, I mean, we've had a couple of recent ones too. We've had uh, Venezuela, where they got you know the hyperinflation happening, and uh, my grandma actually went through the Weimar Republic in Germany. So, uh, same thing. I mean, it's uh, it's a point where you get the wheelbarrow full of money to buy a loaf of bread, or after a while, it's just like you know what? I'll just trade you some eggs for bread. That probably just work better. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah it just depends on the economic uh, background of the country. Yeah, and depending upon where you are, maybe just a tank full of gas could be worth a million dollars at that point. Yeah, sure. literally. Yeah, I I was uh, I think I left a link on one of the previous episodes about that uh, uh, documentary down in Venezuela, and yeah, the guy at the gas station wasn't accepting currency anymore because it just it was wasn't worth carrying around. So he just you know, started collecting like eggs, pocket knives, whatever have you, like just anything that was worth money that was a tangible asset, or just because it's not worth not worth keeping. Oh, interesting. Um, just just to add something to that. Um, um, few years back when the Canadian dollars was actually higher than the US dollar, uh, you would get a lot of visitors from the from from the US trying to fill up and especially in southern Ontario and the bordering states, uh, they would try cashing in their US dollars at gas stations and gas stations actually stopped uh, accepting them. So you would walk oh. in with your US dollars thinking you can probably get some gas and the person will be like, nope, only Canadian dollars or card or debit card. Uh, that still happens now going the other way. I drove through the U.S. a couple of years ago, forgot to change my money before I crossed the border, and um, standing in the, you know, standing at the the truck stop in Detroit, trying to trying to beg truckers to change my cash for me. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a, definitely a thing. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so what uh, what would some warning signs be that people should watch out for that could possibly suggest that maybe a financial collapse or a recession or something is uh, on the horizon? So every now and then, and um, Alan mentioned this at the beginning of the show, that um, um, a financial recession or an adjustment is what they call it. It's, um, it's, it's almost always due every eight to 10 years. Um, and um, no one can actually predict it. The person who predicts it becomes a winner for that particular phase. But if everyone were to uh, figure out when a recession is going to hit, everyone's going to go in and start shorting stocks and make some money off of it. Uh, now, what could, what are the possible signs? Um, if, if someone follows the stock market closely or keeps an eye on world events, uh, that's usually a good indicator. Oil, oil price is a good indicator. Um, gold, the, the, the billion, that's a, that's a good indicator 
of uh, the financial stability or instability. Um, for the past few years, the U.S. market has been doing very well. The U.S. dollar is very strong, uh, but then again, there needs to be there needs to be a correction, and we're approaching the ten-year mark. We haven't seen one, so again, hopefully soon, um, you will see a recession. Um, just a just a joke around it. It's not a recession until you lose your own job. It's uh, when you're so it's uh, for a lot of people who actually went through the Great Recession uh, ten years ago. Uh, it wasn't a big concern for them because they were not affected at all. The, the entire community or the entire neighborhood was. Uh, it just didn't affect them at all. Well, it's true. I would definitely have to look at things from our own perspective more than anything else, for sure. Absolutely. Keep up those lock those lock picking skills, Eric. Locksmithing is a recession proof uh, recession proof uh, trade. As all as right. people lose their jobs, the ne- the need for security rises. All right, I'm going to keep uh, keep up the skills then. <laughs> Master locks today, and it'll be uh, it'll be something bigger and better by the next episode. <laughs> so, Taha, I got a bit of a long-winded question for you here, but uh, bear with me. So, uh, let's assume the banks aren't accessible for whatever, whatever reason. I'm thinking like a Cyprus type event uh, there, or uh, I'm just kind of curious what kind of safeguards or protections are in place for those who have their savings in an account, and how can people prepare for this possibility? And I'm thinking like from a uh, CDIC perspective or bail-in legislation or anything you want to talk about like that. Um, so the CDIC does protect your deposits up to $100,000 for every account that you hold uh, under every individual's name. Um, however, if you are fortunate to have more than $100,000 in your bank account, the only balance that is protected is the first $100,000. So if you do have a million dollars sitting in, the, in your bank account, which trust me, a lot of people do, and they don't know what to do with it, uh, well, you can stake claim to is just 100000 Now, what safeguards do you have in place? Um, diversification is always a good option. Uh, you could have your uh, money invested instead of having all of it sitting in a bank. Uh, you could have it invested in property. Um, and you could have precious metals. You'll keep hearing that a lot. Uh, gold, silver, diamonds. Um, art is another form of uh, assets that people try and build up, especially the ultra-rich. That's what they like to buy. They like to buy uh, art and uh, keep it stored away. Again, there are risks associated with it. Uh, the other thing that people do in, in order to protect their wealth is, uh, again, it's uh, keeping in mind that banks might collapse or anything, is purchase properties in um, countries other than their home uh, home uh, home country. Hmm. That's actually some really good points. I think we'll have to come back to gold for sure. Uh, maybe talk about precious metals a little further on down the podcast here. I think Alan's got another question, though, for sure. So should our financial system collapse and I mean, we we know there are lots of safeguards against that, but say the worst happens because that's what we that's what we plan for. That's what we prepare for. What what should we do? What what advice would 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 you have for the people out there? In terms of financial colla- uh, collapse, it's 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 never usually the outside economy that hurts people that much. Um, the economy could be booming if, for some reason, you lose your job and you find you you cannot find one, and it takes you twelve months to do that. You could be going through a personal recession where everyone around you could be enjoying uh, the economic uh, the economic boom. So, it, the, my advice to people always is to have some sort of safety uh, cash put away, um, an amount that they can access in terms of in terms of uh, a situation where they lose income or maybe the cost of living goes up, for example. Um, some, some, a lot of people, unfortunately, in Canada, live paycheck to paycheck. It's a Tarzan theory, right? Uh, unfor- that that is a very unfortunate situation, and it's it's not just people who are making uh, 
making less less money. It's it's not just that. You might be thinking that sometimes it's people who are working minimum wage that are living paycheck to paycheck. That's not the case. Sometimes it's people who are earning six uh, six figures and they're living paycheck to paycheck. So again, it's it's um, how do you prepare yourself? Is to set aside funds or a safety cash or some sort of safety pool that you can tap into if uh, a financial need arises. Is there, there a amount that you would suggest uh, people set aside? Um, it's it's um, six months to 12 months of your fixed monthly expenses. So that's your mortgage, either your mortgage or rent, car payments, insurance, uh, activities for your family, uh, eating out, just your regular expenditure if someone has a good grasp of that. Six to 12 months would be a very good estimate of what would be sufficient for them to find alternative ways of making money. Huh. Awesome. Uh, so another question here. Um, what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency? I know a lot of uh, people that I talk to in the uh, preparedness world are starting to kind of look at that as an option. Some are running, running to the hills and, and don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole, but more and more are kind of looking at it. Uh, do you think it's a good idea or, or a bad idea to, to include this in your financial plan? Uh, this is just my personal opinion. I would say stay away from cryptocurrencies. It's, it's just a it's just a personal opinion again. Um, the, the sole the sole reason is because it's not regulated, and again, you don't know who has who has your information. Um, the value of it as well. The Bitcoin went from a couple thousand to double digits, um, ten thousand plus, or I think it even surpassed fifteen thousand at one point, and then it came crashing down. There's definitely someone who's who makes money off of it. It's like the stock market. The big players end up making the money. It's the commoners who end up losing the money. Um, I have I have a similar opinion on cryptocurrency. Um, and again, um, it's it's something that I have looked into personally. And since it's not regulated, uh, I would I, I I recommend my clients to stay away from it. That's solid advice. Well, I mean, if fiat, regular fiat currency is still just based on the belief it's worth something, I mean, cryptocurrency is just one level higher than that. The fact that it's basically just like the new hip and cool thing to do. But yeah, there's absolutely nothing, but you know, no value behind it or no tangible asset behind it other than faith, right? No, correct. And uh, I can't, I can't recall the exact article, but there was something about a person having X number of uh, bitcoins and woke up next morning, logged into the account, and saw something missing, and. Who do you who do you go report to at that point? You can't call the cops and be like, "I lost, I lost ten bitcoins." They'll be like, "Oh, that's not regulated. Sorry, can't help you there." Exactly. There was that uh, that one exchange recently too, where the uh, the owner of the exchange passed away. He had all the passwords and such to gain access to everything, and uh, all the money's locked away, and, and nobody can get into it now. So that uh, again is there's no regulation, right? There's no backups. There's no uh, there's no second person in command at that one, and uh, everything's locked away, and everybody's money is. Uh, encrypted and, and no longer accessible. So that's uh, scary to say the least. Correct. Hmm. Um, actually, just sort of stay curious. Away the, yeah, stay away from that. So uh, <laughs> actually, I'm just going to skip over a couple of points on the show notes there, guys. But uh, just on, on a quick question on carrying debt there. So a lot of people seem to carry credit card balances. You know, I firmly don't believe in doing that. And, and you know, but a lot of people do. Um, any I guess considerations with uh, percentages, uh, line of credits versus credit card debt, maybe consolidating anything you want to like throw out there. So credit cards, um, and um, just before I touch upon that question, um, in, 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 in when I was in university, I was taking a four, fourth year level, level course and the course was titled personal finance. 
the only the sole purpose that I took it is because I wanted an A grade just to boost up my average for the semester. However, I walked into that class, and this is a fourth-year university-level class, and we're talking about mortgages, how to get a mortgage, what would be an interest rate like, uh, what is an APR, and how should you buy a car, and what are the things that you need to avoid. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, isn't this common sense? Why are we teaching this at a university-level course? You'd be surprised. There were close to 300 people in that class. A lot of people had no clue what was going on. So these are these are some of the basic basic basics of life that need to be taught and, and I'm of the opinion that this is something that should be taught in high school as early as in grade 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 nine or grade ten um, instead of learning calculus and algebra and um, all of these all of these different complicated things that you probably wouldn't even use in your life ever um, people should be taught personal finance but I guess it doesn't really work to the benefit of the credit card companies and the banks because uh, that's when they come in and actually make money. So going back to your question about credit cards versus line of credits, uh, credit cards usually have the most highest interest rate. Sometimes you're paying up to 19.99%. I believe I might be wrong. Um, uh, the legal interest rate in Canada is about 35% is up to what you can charge as an interest rate. Uh, and that's, oh. that's, that's allowed. Uh, some people who have really bad credit, uh, you've, you've seen the signs on the lawn that says good credit, bad credit, get a car, walk away right now with a brand new car or something. That's when you're paying double-digit interest uh, interest amounts, and that is ridiculous. When I see clients doing that, or people come come up to me, usually, usually when in your situation like that, you don't need an accountant; you need a debt consolidation professional. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate some people, due to personal uh, circumstances or for short-term needs, do end up borrowing from credit cards, and it 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 spirals out of hand. Um, you can always try and avoid credit card debt. There are alternative ways of uh, financing uh, short-term needs. Um, the first thing that I would say is uh, uh, reach out to friends and family. If if you have a if you, if you're if you're good with your money, you're just dealing with a short-term cash situation. See if you can secure some interest-free loans from within the family that you can re, re, uh, re, uh, uh, pay back within a reasonable time frame. Uh, if not, line of credits are the next alternatives. Uh, interest rates on line of credits are typically uh, prime plus. Uh, Three to ten, three, three to five percent. Um, credit cards are the worst. Um, that's when, and unfortunately, that's the stuff that people tap into when there's a short-term need. Because when you have a credit card, you get the statement at the end of the month. Until then, it's swipe, 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 and those twenty-dollar bills and ten-dollar bills and a lunch here or lunch there, uh, the coffee at Tim Hortons, the coffee for a friend at Tim Hortons, all adds up to a couple thousand bucks. And then you realize, oh, I don't have the money to pay for this, and that's when it starts piling up. I'm actually kind of blown away in the fact that, uh, you know, like, you know, like people carrying balances and credit cards and stuff like that. It's just like, uh, you know, like, why don't they back in high school, like you mentioned, teach people how to fill out a tax return even, let alone, you know, basic finances or anything else. And instead, they're worried about, you know, random other, you know, uh, classes that really won't help you in the long term. But that's, that's a basic life skill for sure. Um, now, this might surprise you. They don't even teach you how to file a tax return when you get go get your CPA designation. That's okay, that's that really. <laughs> I'm kind of blown away by that. <laughs> I, I'm 100% blown away by that. Yeah. They, so, they, teach you, they teach you all of the tax laws and everything, but they don't show you how to actually file a return. The first time you, when you actually walk into an accounting practice and you're, everyone's going through the initial grind, grind of being an accounting assistant or an accounting clerk or a ca- tax preparer, the first time when you file a tax return, you're blown away by the automation and the, the least 
the amount of information that you were not supposed to know. Or like, why did I study the tax act for no reason? All I had to do was a couple of clicks and this tax return's done. So oh, wow. um, it's, um, yeah, I'm surprised you guys are blown away, but that's the truth. Uh, the accountants know that. It's, it's, it's like the Wizard of Oz, just pay no attention behind the curtain there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> So I guess uh, just a, a quick question. We were, you know, we were talking about Tarzan theory before there for sure, but um, uh, just a couple of basic levels of financial preps that people might want to talk about here. You know, we could act. You know, most people can't treat their finances like the government does, so you can't be spending more than you make, or else you're in financial insolvency like the government. Um, financial solvency. If you're at that level, you're just covering your debt, living expenses, as, you know, equal to your income, which is means you're Tarzaning from paycheck to paycheck and just kind of making ends meet. I think at this podcast level, we're just trying to make that financial stability mark, which is you know debt plus living expenses, and then having an emergency fund to cover that at the very least, and then moving up from there, right? So uh, as far as spending within your means, you mentioned twenty five percent. Anything else as far as uh, tips and tricks on that, like just how to reduce any sort of basic costs or is there any accounting tricks you might want to talk about that people don't know about? Um, there's uh, there's there's a fine line between being frugal in your spending and being a miser. So I don't I don't suggest people to be a miser, but uh, you, you can go out for a fancy dinner every now and then, but just don't do it every day. Just uh, try and the biggest the biggest killer is when I when I look at people at work who buy lunch every day, it's like, you could have just prepared this at home and what you spend in the first week, you could have, you could have, you could have had lunches. You could have had a prepared lunch for an entire month in that same cost. Like when you, when you go down to Tim Hortons and purchase, spend eight bucks on lunch, you, 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 you're doing it. Your spouse is probably doing the same, right? And collectively as a family, you spend 16 bucks on lunch where for 16 bucks, you could have probably had a full meal for two days home prepped. Um, so that's some of the stuff that I come across and it's, 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 it's more of a convenience for people to just have the ability to just go outside and purchase that meal. Um, however, the costs do add up. And the only reason why I'm talking about this in much detail is because we've had multiple conversations with friends and family about this. Uh, on average, a person spends about three to $400 a month just on lunches that they purchase at work. Oh, I've had uh, similar conversations with coworkers right now living on the West Coast about having a house that's within your means as well. Like spending within your means is one thing, but like having a house that, you know, suits your income, meaning like in case the interest rates that were currently low, you know, jump up five, six, seven percent. Also, that house is without, you know, outside of your means, then what? Correct. Yeah. Same goes for same goes for, uh, same goes for cars. Um, I've seen a lot of people. Although I envy, I used to envy them, not anymore. Um, when they first got their first, when they got their first job, they went ahead and purchased that Mustang or that nice convertible. And, uh, half of their paycheck was going towards car payments. And, um, that's, that's a killer. And, uh, that's the time when you really need to save up and have enough money to, uh, purchase, purchase some property. Cause, uh, that's always, uh, beneficial because the paying rent does not make sense in the long run. For some for some places it does work out that way, uh, but um, when when you see people uh, spending the way that they're spending on clothing, it could be was it really necessary for you to go buy that twelve hundred dollar winter coat, where you could have survived with a nice one from uh, from whatever store you like for a hundred or one hundred and fifty bucks. A uh, quick question for you. Um, there's a bit of a I, I'm going to call it a fad running around the internet right now, and I don't really know much about it, but it kind of piques my interest. Um, these people 
talk about being your own banker and basically what it boils boils down to is some sort of weird convoluted scheme where you take out a life insurance policy and borrow against it and then pay back the life insurance versus a mortgage. Have you heard much about that? Uh, I have not much. I haven't heard much about that. Uh, I would be interested in to, to, to learn more about it. Uh, I know there's some, some sort of, uh, there, there are a group of people, like-minded people who, who have decided to live life debt-free and they, they on, on CNN, typically they come up with these stories where a person has retired and he's only 35. And you read up on how they got to that point. Everyone has a different way of, um, of, of, of getting to that phase in life. Uh, however, the life insurance, boring from it, I haven't heard about. I haven't heard much about that. Yeah, there's a couple of books out there. One's a, a Canadian guy named John Snyson out of Winnipeg, and he had this uh, Be Your Own Banker book. And I think my wife's reading it right now. I'm going to try it next. But uh, I, was, I was just wondering if you heard some pitfalls or anything about that. But that's interesting. Um, tangible assets. Um, anything you'd recommend, like rental houses, farmland? Definitely not cars. <laughs> cars, cars. Um, well, it's it's uh, cars are not compl- uh, a complete write-off. Some cars do appreciate in value. Uh, if you look at some of the Shelbys from the 1960s and 70s, so some of those cars go for go for sale for $55,000 or sometimes even more. Um, so it, it depends. Again, if if you plan on purchasing a F-150 and hope that the value of that car is going to appreciate, you're uh, you're making a wrong bet over there. Uh, again, uh, it really depends what you're into. Sometimes people are into a, a friend of mine. He's into he's into um, watches. And the stuff that he purchases is very expensive. And surprisingly, uh, first I thought it was a very stupid idea of his to do this, but surprisingly, those things go up in value um, because he's picking out the right stuff. So you need to be a um, connoisseur of watches to be uh, to be to to use it for lack of a better term uh, to figure out which thing would appreciate in value. Uh, definitely, if you have um, if you have excess funds available. Um, a rental property could be a good investment. Again, it, it depends again on um, in, in, in the areas that you're living in. If you're living in a uh, if you're living in a remote area, maybe a rental property would not make that much sense. But if you're living in an urban city, uh, someplace like Vancouver or Toronto, it would make sense to get a rental property because uh, the current rents are ridiculously high. Uh, you don't have to tell me that for sure. <laughs> we always take a place in Vancouver, and it's, it's a little bit ridiculous. Um, Precious metals. Do you want to come back and touch on that again, like just as a as a means to preserve wealth, or like maybe recommend against or for speculation with it, or whatever have you? Uh, it's always again. It it really depends on um, every person's financial situation. Uh, how much excess cash do they have available uh, to set aside? Uh, some people do RRSPs uh, and have that invested in in in, in, in mutual funds and things like that. Uh, precious metals again. It's um, um, from a financial preparedness perspective, if you're not sure about the political stability of a country or anything like that, gold is always gold is gold, right? Um, so gold always is a good alternative to money. But again, once you purchase the gold, the question is, where do you store it? Well, I guess, and how easy is it to cash out too on a regular basis? Like, yeah, I don't think you want to be, you know, buying and cashing out too often because you're probably going to get lost, lose on the exchange. I'm thinking. Uh, you will lose out on the exchange again in an, in an, in, a, in an emergency situation. You got to pay someone hundred dollars equivalent. What are you going to do? Scrape off something off your gold bar and give shavings off to someone? It's it's it, it really comes down to the usability and how how the logistics would work out. Like, would you would you trade a gold bar for 
for for a bag of I don't know corn chips or something. I don't know. It's 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 it really comes out to how usable is your precious metal at that point. I think they make commercials about that. What would you do for a Kit Kat bar or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there, it was Klondike bar. Klondike bar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean, maybe that's where silver comes in too, right? It's worth less money. Uh, you know, it's a little more, I guess, dividable or whatever have you. Yep. It's, it's uh, very interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, precious metals are certainly something that the preparedness community talks a lot about for sure. Oh, absolutely, they do. But. Like I said, uh, like I said, it's, it comes down to the usability. I, if somebody offered me a gold bar for something that was in my house and there was no place for me to exchange that bar for other commodities, then it really has no value. So uh, well, I think one of the big things that we forget is that currency is just a standardized bartering system, right? So if, if you've got something else that somebody would rather have, then item to barter with, whether it's Gold, silver, lead, or food. Um, an item to barter with is an item to barter with, right? It's only as valuable as the person who wants it. Well, my concern is how does the average person discover if it's actual gold or not just painted lead? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, other than the obvious scrape test, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if somebody comes up with me with a, with a troy ounce of gold, it's like, I don't know if this is real or not, or like, how am I supposed yeah. to on a scale or whatever have you? It's uh, That's just not a very easy barter item for sure. You're saying some people aren't honest? I'm just saying it could happen. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying when when things get really bad, nobody's honest. Fair enough. Yep. We're all we're all out we're all out for number one at the end of the day. I, I have a uh, bigger concern in a, in an in an emergency situation. Who has the sane mind to actually stand there and think about uh, how much this gold bar is worth and is this real or is this fake? I, in in my mind, I would just be like run to save my life, right? <laughs> Exactly. All exactly. Yeah. thirteen chickens for that. Uh, no, never mind that flood water coming in. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know that's tough for sure. It's uh, I guess that's where a lot of the the theoretical versus the practical comes into play, right? Yeah, and uh, at that point, um, it's it's um, we we talk about tangible assets, we talk about precious metals, uh, we talk about currencies and everything. But in an emergency situation, the the first thing that you like to protect is your own life. And the life of uh, the people around you, and um, you, you guys know this better than I do. You guys have been first responders and everything. Um, at that point, no one really cares about what they're saving in terms of their assets. Uh, you don't even care for your documents. You just uh, you just care about saving your life and making sure that you and your family are safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, priority number one is life, right? And uh, correct. Yeah. Everything else can be everything else can be earned back or figured out. You can go back to the bank and maybe they'll have a picture of you lying somewhere and they'll give you back your assets and your numbers in your online bank account. We'll come back up. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, uh, uh, as far as cash on a, on a person and in a vehicle, one thing I've noticed a lot of times is uh, as an everyday preparedness item is that, uh, you know, a lot of times interact systems down or the visa system is down. And it's amazing how many people don't even have the, the small amount of cash to cover stuff like that. Um, I was going to say, I was, going to recommend people just to at least carry something enough to cover like a tank of gas or a hotel stay or whatever have you just as a as a basic thing do you uh do you carry like or do you recommend people carrying like a small amount of cash on them at all or like um not on a day-to-day basis but if you are planning on taking a road trip um yes definitely you should Uh, you never know the type of situation that you end up in especially if it's not summertime and the weather is not that great well even if it is a nice weather you never know the type of situation that you end up in it's always better to have don't carry too much cash then that becomes a security you stop at an unknown place and you don't know if you should get out of the car Uh, especially if you drive a fancy car 
Yeah, flash yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, sh- you shouldn't be getting off the car to fill up gas, and you know, a couple bills just fall off your pocket. That just gives the wrong signal. <laughs> yeah. or, or the right one if you're the person looking for the person with the the wads of cash. Uh, that's that's right. And so just yeah, a, just um, agreeing, just a small amount to cover, uh, especially if you're going on a road trip, a um, uh, couple hundred bucks, different currencies, maybe U.S. and Canadian. Uh, that would be uh, that would be nice. Just kind of to touch on your like a hotel stay. Um, if you plan to stay in a hotel and you don't have a credit card, be prepared to have a thousand dollars in cash that they're going to hold on to until you check out. That's Good right. Point. And and of course, you're not allowed to steal the soap or the shampoo. That then, right? No. Well, you can take the shampoo, just not the towels. Ah, okay, there you go. What about the bathrobe? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're usually forty five dollars, if they, according to the, according to the card in the hotel I was in on the weekend. <laughs> All right, well, maybe I'll uh, just yeah, just be, be prepared for that. If you don't if you don't have a credit card, then be prepared to to literally leave a thousand dollars. At the at the counter that they'll keep, that they'll hang on to until they inspect your room when you check out, and you have to actually check out and make sure the person behind the counter actually works at the hotel. Exactly, that's yeah, true. <laughs> what what money? What are you talking about? I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking. Get 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 a receipt for everything. Yep. Right, so maybe I'll uh, I'll go over a few things that I, I think maybe you should have on hand, um, just even on a daily basis. And uh, of course, guys, feel free to, to chime in as I, I list a few things off here and. Um, for sure, I would say copies of your financial documents. There's something you might want to have at home. You know, your bank statements, credit card statements, some mortgage statements, something that proves that you actually have those accounts, uh, that you actually hold that mortgage. Uh, you know, if your computer or something goes down or power outage or, or something like that happens and you have no other way to look those up, how do you actually prove that you ever had those accounts, right? Maybe, maybe everything will come back up and everything will be fine. Maybe it won't, and and now you you don't have any kind of proof that you even ever had those accounts. So add all your insurance documents into that as well, all your yep. insurance policy numbers, and read the fine print. We learned yes. that at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Definitely read the fine print. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, it's like I touched on there a list of all your even just your account numbers. Uh, make sure it's in a handy like a, a handy spot. Maybe you have a phone app, uh, you know, uh, in a in a fire safety box somewhere in your house. You know, it's, it's handy right now when you, you can fire up your, your iPhone or your Android or something and, and it automatically knows all your account numbers. It knows all the ways to access your, your bank accounts, uh, your credit card statements and all that. But what if it doesn't work? Just have uh, have all that stuff written down somewhere uh, somewhere safe, somewhere you can keep it. Almost like putting it on an inch drive or something. Yeah. Yeah, yep. for the bug on bag. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Yep. I'd like to add something in here. Um, sure. Um, you can... For this particular reason, for for storing up documents and everything, and again, Eric's the computer geek here. He probably knows what happens behind data centers and everything. Um, again, uh, utilize technology. Uh, try to put it up on. Uh, try to have your electronics. Uh, try to have your documents uh, electronically uh, at PDF or something. Take pictures of it. Keep it on your cell phone or put it in a hard drive. Even the USBs and the hard drives can go out. But cloud-based technologies are amazing these days. Uh, you can utilize them. Keep a copy of your uh, passport, uh, any important documents, driver's license, um, your 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 bank statements, your credit card statements, your picture, even pictures of your credit cards. Uh, this this one time, uh, just a personal experience. I was I was driving somewhere, and um, after taking after having driven for about an hour and a half, I realized I don't have my wallet on me, uh, and then I had to get gas and everything. So I walked into the, to, the, to a local TD bank. That's who I personally bank with, 
And they're like, as long as you have some sort of ID on you, we can access your account and get you some cash. Uh, luckily, I did have a picture of my driver's license with me. So I showed that to them, and they were able to get into my account and hand me over some cash. So oh, I guess I was financially prepared at that point. Oh, that's, that's handy. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, and just going to throw that out there. There's a, a fantastic app that I have on my phone. There's a free version, a paid version um, called Genius Scan. And that will actually you use your camera and it will generate whatever whatever it takes the picture of. It will generate a new PDF, which is uh, which is a, a nice stable uh, nice stable platform. It cuts off all the corn all cuts off all the bleed so that your your document looks nice. Um, but it's it's just one of those. It's a there's a free version that you can just email it to yourself, um, and then or there's a paid version where you can store it in a couple of different places. So just something to put on your phone. Another app that will uh, that will make this easier for you. Yeah. One app that I uh, I use is called LastPass, uh, so everything's all completely encrypted. It's a it's a free version uh, or free program as well. Uh, you can pay for it, and then you can share with family members, etc. Uh, so there are some enhanced features if you do pay for a subscription, but the free one uh, is completely free, uh, and it's all encrypted. So that's another thing. If you're going to be taking pictures of uh, credit cards, you're going to be taking pictures of your ID, um, storing electronic documents um, such as your bank records. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that stuff's encrypted if you're throwing it up on the cloud because sure, the, uh, the service providers just say they don't look at it. Maybe they do. Nothing is private. Nothing's private. But if you encrypt it and then throw it up there, they can't see it. So another thing to keep in mind. Perfect. And again, um, if, if um, we've been talking about individual financial prep, if you're a business owner, um, then there's an added responsibility on you to make sure that your personal finances are in check as well as your business finances and your business documents are in check. Uh, so having your articles of incorporation uh, handy, your minutes book, uh, keeping that electronic, uh, any 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 documentations related to your business. Because um, there was a there was a situation in um, in the GTA area where an accounting office went up in flames. Um, I feel bad for all of the clients that relied on that accountant to do their business taxes and everything. Uh, it's going to yeah. be a tough conversation with the CRA to call them up and be like, listen, I don't have any accounting records because the accountant's office went up in flames. Um, the, yeah. there, is a, there, there is a provision in, in, uh, in the tax act for that. However, um, in order to avoid anything like that, and that's the entire reason why I founded CountTech CPA as a virtual accounting firm, is uh, to provide clients with that access. Uh, we do that for personal clients as well as for business clients and um, people who who love to embrace technology. Uh, that's why they're not listening to the radio, they're listening to this podcast here, is uh, for them to understand uh, the need of the hour is to keep your documents secure. And if you go with the flow, then cloud-based technologies, again, you can use the help of a computer genius to make sure that you encrypt sensitive data and before putting it up. Um, but uh, that's that's what we hope to achieve with our clients in Countech CPA. Awesome. No, it's always a good uh, good idea to have things in, in various locations for exactly as you described, right? If uh, if a building goes up in flames and, and all your documents are stored there, well, now your documents are gone, right? So perfect. if you can store them in alternate locations, perfect. And then if you're putting them in the cloud, they're accessible anywhere you are, even better. Yeah. But uh, but keeping the uh, keeping the encryption thing in mind too, because yeah, you, you, the cloud thing's nice, but you never know exactly who's on the other end. <laughs> Again, don't fall for the free stuff. Uh, everything that's free is not always safe. It's better to sometimes pay something, and if you're not sure, uh, always get a help of a professional. 
uh, if, it, if, if you have a lot of, if, if you are a high net worth individual, um, you do have a, you, you do carry a lot of sensitive documents with you. It's, it's worth it to pay someone to encrypt it for you. Uh, make sure that it's done correctly before putting it up anywhere. Oh, absolutely. Um, another thing here I've got on the list is, uh, is a copy of your credit report and then uh, keep an eye on that too, right? So um, have, a have, a, have a paper copy of it, electronic copy and, and keep an eye. Uh, the, the sooner you catch somebody who's uh, who's fraudulently doing some transactions on your credit, the uh, the sooner you can start battling it and stopping it, right? Couldn't agree more. Actually, quick question on that with a credit report. Obviously, you declare bankruptcy is going to destroy your credit, but uh, how long does something like that with a stigma attached to it last on your credit report? Like, so say if you, uh, you know, are late on bills or whatever have you, how long before you can wipe that clean? Um, I am not exactly sure. Um, uh, but I will tell you this, um, back in high school, I borrowed a book from the Mississauga library. And, uh, is she still chasing you? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the, the, let me complete the story here. So when it was, when it was time to get my first mortgage, I actually went in and did it. The guy's like, everything looks fine. You should be okay. And then he calls me. He's like, there's a late charge from the Mississauga library that's hitting your credit scores. Like, what are you talking about? This can be true. I don't even remember if I borrowed anything. I haven't even used my card in so long. So it was a good, it, it was a, it was a long time. And that thing was reflecting on my credit report. Um, oh. So it, it really depends on the transaction and who is the one, who, who is the person that's pressing those charges. I guess the Mississauga library system, that's not going anywhere. That's why they, 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 they had that on my credit report. Anyways, I had to walk in and pay the bills before they could proceed with my mortgage application. That's wow, funny. they take things seriously. Very yeah. seriously. Wow. They, some book I don't even recall reading. They do, actually. <laughs> funny story. I was at the Hot Springs last year that I was going to mention later on in the podcast here. Got talking with a couple of ladies that work at the Vancouver Public Library. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. And they were talking about how they filmed part of Deadpool there. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, neat. Okay. And so, like, yeah. So Ryan Reynolds came into the library, and we had to remind him that he still got late overdue charges from the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wow, they really don't forget, do they? That's crazy. Balls you around. I'm gonna have a, I, might, I might have to go check on my library card. <laughs> uh, another thing I've got on the list here, and, and Ian, you already touched on it in your list there, is just some cash. Uh, you know, if there's a power outage, for example, or, or the ATMs or debit machines are, are down, uh, eventually they're, they're going to stop working. Uh, so keep some cash on hand. But, uh, you know, make sure some small bills. I don't know if we touched on that uh, a little bit earlier, but um, you know, if you're you're walking around with a hundred dollar bill in your your pocket there, and maybe the people you're trying to buy a bottle of water from don't have change or, or claim to not have change, next thing you know, you're paying the hundred bucks for uh, for a couple of bottles of water, or you're just walking away. So keep that in mind. Keep some small change on you, but at the same time, low profile with uh, with the cash you do have on you, because you don't want to be uh, attracting the negative attention as well that comes with having a, a lot of cash. Great point. Um, and yeah, my note on that was something that was already discussed of just keeping keeping hard copies and at least a couple of different backups of all your documents somewhere so that uh, should the worst happen, you can you still have access to it digitally as well as the as well as the hard copies. And just know where your stuff is. Um, I haven't seen my social insurance card in probably 22 years. Um, it it may or may not exist somewhere, but you know, just know where you know where your documents are, especially especially the things that can be that, that 
are who you say you are, like your passport and your driver's license. Uh, if something goes missing, take care of that. Interesting enough, I do believe uh, revenue, or I, I don't know who issues it anymore. I think it's uh, Vital Statistics or something. We'll actually reissue a, a new uh, tax slave, I mean, SIN number, free of charge uh, <laughs> with the old uh, number on it. Hmm. I, mean, I don't need it. I, I've known the number my whole life, but I got a physical card. But, uh, um, you know, even, you know, your birth certificate, that's, that's a really important document to not lose. Same with your, uh, that's, that's a long process to get a new one, by the way. Um, did that, had to do that for my kids when we got their passports. They had to go through the long form birth certificate and it was, it was quite the arduous process to get that done. So, um, it's better to, better to not lose it in the first place. And if you do lose it, take care of it. You know, if you lose your, lose your passport, report it missing so that it can't be used against you or can't be used to, for somebody to fake, fake being you. One thing that I would like to add on here for the listeners, especially the Canadian listeners is to sign up for a, my CRA account for your personal and for your business. Um, one of the benefits of doing that is, um, and, and I do, I did have a client in the past who had T4s issued to him, although he wasn't working for that particular organization anymore. And it was an error. He didn't realize it until two years down the line when he got a letter from the CRA auditing him for the past three years. <clears throat> so when you have access to my CRA individual or my CRA business, you can keep a track of the T4s that were issued under your name, all the different uh, if, if you owe any amounts to the CRA, uh, you can save on potentially paying any penalties and interests on them. Oh, that's a good, uh, good tip. So they they just keep track of, of pretty much everything associated to either your personal uh, it's 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 um It's associated with your social insurance number. Again, if you forget your social insurance number, you can log in there and you will, that number will pop right up. Um, so they keep a track of all of the T4s, T4As, T5s issued to you. So everything shows up over there. And um, the way the CRA is operating, or the way they, the way they see themselves in the next few years, is basically they're, they're, they will be they will stop sending you mail at home, no more brown envelopes. Um, so they they are moving everything to be electronic. So what they would do is basically send you an email. Uh, however, that email will be encrypted, and there will be no data on it. They'll, that that email will point you towards your my CRA account, where you log in and then view the mail. Interesting. So. Now that they're going to go paperless, any uh, anybody taking bets on uh, whether our whether the, their operating expenses are going to reduce? Government never gets smaller, you know that. <laughs> Actually, so I just added that to the podcast challenge for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting though that they're uh, they're going to be moving that way. Um, well, their 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 size is not going to decrease, but the, the amount of time that they take in order to process things. Uh, especially if you are uh, if you are uh, putting in a notice notice of objection for uh, for for an assessment of a particular tax item, if you do file it electronically, the turnaround time is a lot faster than it is if you were to paper file something. Oh, good to know. So there is a benefit for Canadians who uh, uh, who, who who are questioning why the CRA would move things electronically. Well, makes sense. Paperless society, right? Correct. Closer. 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 <laughs> so I just want to uh, touch on just a, an area here as to any kind of tools that we like to use for, for uh, financial planning. Uh, myself personally, uh, just to keep uh, keep track of the personal finances at the house, um, we use um, You Need a Budget or uh, YNAB. So if you go to uh, over to YNAB.com, they offer a 34-day trial. Um, so it is a, it is a paid uh, software package. I think it's about 50 bucks for the year for a subscription. 
Um, and it's just something that helps you kind of keep track of where you're spending, how you're spending. Uh, you put everything in the categories and, and organize your finances that way. I've, I've found it quite helpful. I've used it for the last, oh, geez, at least six or seven years now. Um, just kind of helps you visually see where your money is going, where it's being used, uh, put everything into its own little category and, and away you go. So um, you can head over there and check it out for 34 day free trial. And then uh, such a weird uh, number. Yeah. Well, they, they, their, uh, their idea is um, you're supposed to using their system, be able to get uh, one month of uh, like a buffer area. So they want you to use it for a month and a little bit. And then okay. from there you can start uh, start paying them for the service. But yeah, the, the 34 day trial is to get you through an entire month of their their system. Uh, they offer free online training as well. So you can hop on a live class with an instructor and uh, run through all their software and, and how it works and, and how they their their mentality on, on doing budgeting and uh, whether you use it or not. I've used some things that they teach in the classes and I've taken others and gone, yeah, yeah no, that's not working for me and I, I throw it out. But um, it's, uh, it's a nice little uh, software package and, and the classes are interesting as well. Well, mine's much, cool. mine's much more low tech. I use my wife. Uh, she's a Scottish background lady. So basically every time I reach for something <laughs> on the shelf, she gives me the dirty look and that's usually when I retract my hand and that prevents me from impulse buys and, and saving money that way. And I get verbal reminders. I get daily reminders. I get, you know, it's all sorts of stuff. I've been, it's, and I've been using it for 18 years. So it's a perfect system. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I just, I just do everything in cash. I don't have the cash in my pocket. But, buy it. but that's just that me too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that works for a lot of people, uh, especially people who, uh, again, who just swipe their cards and get a surprise credit card statement at the end of the end of the month. If you have some saving goals in mind, what you can do is you can withdraw 500 bucks every time you get a paycheck and just live off of that. Try to at least try and live off of that. That's a, that's a very good way for people to save. Another, another point that I want to add in is a lot of times some piece, some, sometimes people, they don't have the self-control or, or they lack the self-control. When they see a couple thousand dollars in their bank account, they just go on a spending mode. So um, a friend of mine, what he does is basically he, he withdraws all the excess cash, puts it away in a bank account, and cuts off the card. So basically he has no access to it. It works out for him uh, huh. any time, and that acts as an emergency fund. So he can just wire transfer money into that account. He, he, he has the debit card cut off. He's like, why, why would you do that? And he, he said, if I have access to that card, I would just go spend that money. So in order to in order to prevent myself from doing that, I just make it very inaccessible. And the branch that I deal with, or the bank that I deal with, uh, uh, they only accept. They don't have they, well for the longest time. They didn't have a customer line, a customer service uh, telephone line. So you would have to actually walk into the branch and withdraw the money. So well, uh, at least he's he's recognizing his shortcomings and then learning how to deal with them, and that that's pretty huge of him actually to realize that, to overcome that. So correct. Yeah, that's good. So Agreed. you should you should figure out a way to um, you should figure out a way to understand what works for you and what doesn't work for you in terms of a budgeting software or just putting together your personal finances together. There's tons of free spreadsheets uh, out online. If you just do a quick Google search, you'll be able to find it. If you need some professional help, it's always good to reach out to your accountant. Uh, I'm surprised by how many times people don't utilize their accountants because your accountant having a good accountant can really help you. In, in a lot of ways because uh, financial stability, financial security, being prepared financially uh, is tackling half of life's issues, right? Absolutely it is. Do uh, move into the podcast challenge? Absolutely. Podcast so I, 
I uh, modified uh, the first part slightly because of what uh, Taha was telling us. So uh, the podcast challenge this week is to save a small monthly amount. I mean, whatever you can afford, 100 bucks, whatever it ha- happens to be. The goal being to end up with six months of basic expenses as a contingency fund. So by having six months, six months worth of your basic expenses covered, I'm thinking it should cover many, or dare, dare I say, most of your unexpected expense, expenses, even if it's job loss or whatever have you. That's great. Uh, gotten here as well to sign up for the MyCRA account to uh, to track your account usage. It's a good thing as well to do. Uh, and if you want to uh, fire off an email to uh, feedback at Prepper Podcast, uh, let us know um, how that's working out for you. If you found any tips or tricks on on how to maybe find that extra hundred bucks or so, um, yeah, fire off an email to the feedback at Prepper Podcast. Let us know how it worked out. Um, as well, signing up for my CRA if uh, if you had any problems with it or if it worked out well for you, any any tricks or, or tips there as well for for getting signed up. Um, yeah, let us know about it. And I just I added kind of one more thing there. It's something that um, I've heard about, I've I've read about it, um, but it's kind of a descending. Um, the sending order uh, week after Christmas put away $52 and you do that uh, do that every week and take it $1 less every week um, so that by the end of the year so December 1st so $52 then 51 and then 50 and then 49 and by the first week of December you should have a little more than $1,300 in your account um, just put aside for Christmas and then it's not a big it's not a big cash crunch at the end of the year uh, and if you put it into something that generates a little bit of interest then uh, it's then it's even more nice it's, it's one of those one of those uh, one of those you know cumulative effort items where if they don't uh, if you don't you don't necessarily notice it missing but it works out in the end well, especially if you take it off the top before you start doing your exp- monthly expenses and just you know put that away first so you probably won't even notice it exactly yeah, I like it. Correct. Another tip about Christmas shopping or spending around Christmas, um, around the holiday season is basically don't, don't wait until the last minute. Try, try and make your purchases online. Look for the deals. You, you know, you have to give, send gifts to your family or give gifts to your family. Might as well start planning it way ahead. Maybe even in August, September and October, just, uh, don't buy perishable items. Uh, that wouldn't be a good Christmas gift. <laughs> here's this nice wheel of cheese i bought you in enjoy it. Yeah, and it, it expires in a day so please have it today right? <laughs> don't uh, don't mind the mold it's, it's, <laughs> add some flavor yeah, another <laughs> podcast challenge that i would like to throw to the listeners is to visit my website countech.ca uh if we could be of any assistance to you in your personal uh, uh financial needs during the tax season or for if you if you if you're if you happen to be a business owner and would be interested in seeing how cloud-based technologies can make your life easier uh, and help you focus on running your business more efficiently, uh, give it a visit. Um, if you if you find something interesting or uh, feel that we could be of any assistance, feel free to give me a call. Awesome. We'll throw a link in the uh, the show notes too for people to uh, to count text. So you've got the the website in the show notes. Appreciate that. No problem. And we'll uh, move into uh, the episode closing and upcoming events. So same as last week's uh, episode, we, uh, we've got the 2019 annual Preppers Meet coming up in uh, Desborough, Ontario. Runs uh, July 11th to 14th. Check it out at uh, annualpreppersmeet.com. I believe they're still doing early bird tickets. Uh, so check the website out, grab a ticket or two or five, and, uh, and bring, uh, bring the whole family out if you can. And it's a, it's a great weekend. Uh, come out for a day, come out for the whole thing if you have to. Uh, just uh, get out there. It's uh, 
it's a good event full of all kinds of great information. Uh, some awesome instructors. And like I said last week, I'm a little biased on that because I happen to be one of those instructors. But uh, it's a great, uh, great event to get out to. Uh, so certainly check it out. Come out and say hello. I'll be there hopefully again this year uh, doing the uh, the communications section for them uh, in regards to ham radio operation and, and how you can implement uh, communications in your emergency preparedness plans. So, And uh, the annual preppers meet July 11th to 14th. All right. I got the first annual Western Canada Hot Springs meet uh, May 25th, 26th. Uh, it's at Sloquit Hot Springs. And we're going to be doing a little bit of camp craft to prepare this discussion a good meetup for like-minded people. It's just a bit of an adventure to get out there. So um, there's a couple of websites listed there to uh, figure out how to get there. And uh, it's also mentioned on the maps.me app for offline GPS. Awesome. We'll move into some shout outs. I completely failed to put anything in there, so we'll skip me. <laughs> no problem. So uh, I got a shout out to a Sasquatch uh, research scientist. Where, where did you, where'd you go? If, uh, if you're lost, there's, uh, there's an episode on orientation. Uh, listen to it. You can get back on track with your compass. Come back. Say hello. We miss you. <laughs> I do miss the stories of the yellow boss. Actually, maybe he, watched that, he, he maybe he watched that movie Big Legend and decided that maybe says Sasquatch research was out of, you know, no longer a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it looks like a pretty gru gruesome movie for sure. Um, well, I've got a little shout out for my parents, actually. I think they're probably watching their first episode tonight. So, uh, they, Hi, you know, his parents. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they didn't know about the podcast <laughs> till, to, till last week, so they're probably checking it out as we speak. Awesome. All right, so we'll move into the uh, email and iTunes reviews. So we got an email from Sean. Uh, he emailed us last week, and we went over his uh, emergency roadside kit. Uh, he sent us a picture of his man cave, figured that uh, the panelists would get a kick out of it. Uh, so I put it up in the show notes. Uh, I call shenanigans on this. No room is that cool. No, but, but actually, <laughs> I, I, just, hey, I can say, can we be friends or something? Can we hang out sometime? <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah. I'm calling total BS on that. That room is just too much fun. Well, it's either he borrowed a picture off the internet, he's single, or I know he's got a very cool wife or something's going on, but that's that's a lot of cash, a lot of time oh. and effort put into that room. Like That's uh, yeah. pretty awesome. So Reminds the, me of your me is going to come out here. I uh, did some validation on the photo. It is not a photo off the internet. I actually know the type of device, and, but yeah, it is a legitimate photo. Wow. Reminds, reminds me of the Ben Affleck movie, The Accountant. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it tonight. Oh yeah, uh, fantastic yeah. movie. Actually, yeah. it's it's well done. But uh, that reminded me of his trailer when I looked at that picture. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. yeah. I'm just the, looking for valuable art in that picture. I can't find any. Yeah, <laughs> just even the silver ducting that gives it the uh, the air of the accountant for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what's in there. Yeah, no, exactly. There might be some stuff uh, hidden in there for sure. <laughs> All right, and we've got an email here, and I'm going to completely butcher the name, but uh, Ursina, do you guys think that's right? Yeah. yeah. Ursina. Right. Ursina, I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered your name, uh, but it says, uh, hi, guys, I've been meaning the email for a while. Uh, listen to almost all the podcasts by now. Uh, you're pretty much my favorite podcast. Awesome. We can be friends. <laughs> uh I'm not sure why I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not a prepper. Well, that's fine. It's because of that episode where it was just my face the whole the whole hour. That's totally what it was. That's that's got to be it. <laughs> or the giant <laughs> clock behind it. Or the giant clock, yes. Or both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I used to be much more prepared than uh, 
then we moved to a wild part of La Belle Provence. I'm going to guess that's Quebec. Uh, I'm so excited to hear you're finally covering financial preparedness. So she's uh, quite ex uh, quite ex uh, excited about this episode. Uh, I'm an accountant by day and farmer at night. Uh, I see a lot of sad financial things. I'm very curious to see what you recommend. I have my own recommendations, but I'm not a prepper. Uh, I'd say listening to the podcast, you're probably going to be getting into being a prepper. Me thinks thou dost protest too much here. Just, <laughs> if, if you're if you're running a farm and you're actually concerned about other, anything other than what's on TV, I'd, I'd say you're probably leaning towards prepper. Absolutely. Yep. Right, the uh, first step is being aware. Uh, I love the wilderness ecology episode. Thank you for reminding me. I'm uh, I'm an oddity. <laughs> uh, when I moved here, it drove me crazy for months because I could uh, I could not follow the weather. Uh, growing up on a large farm in southwestern Ontario in uh, the real snow belt. Uh, reading the weather was normal. Uh, as suggested for your listeners, uh, they should do some research and rank what kind of weather events are most likely to happen. Uh, that's how I found your podcast. I was listening to uh, 20, 50 degrees of change and fault lines from CBC. That's interesting. Uh, I now live on an earthquake zone. I'm likely to flood living on the upper edge of the valley, but ice storms, wind storms, snow storms, and now uh, tornadoes are common. I haven't seen any... Uh, Dramatic thunderstorms like I grew up with. Uh, as a result, great thunderstorms around here. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> as a result of listening to your podcast, I've been uh, researching preparedness. Awesome. Uh, I've probably I probably have enough food for ten to thirty days. So you're you're well ahead of pretty much everybody. Yeah. Uh, in the house, uh, any day of the week because I hate shopping. Fair enough. Oh. Uh, my biggest concerns are water. So I assume you've listened to the water episode. Uh, I have hundreds of animals that need water. I thought it would be simple as getting a generator. The answer is no. Uh, my house is on a different power supply from the rest of the farm. Uh, the water uh, well pump is on the house and the pumps for the barn are on the barn power supply. So I have to find some smart solution for that. Uh, love the wood stove tip. I hope to install a wood stove in the office so at least we have one warm room in case of an emergency. Good idea. Good yep. uh, could you cover skills and things for the long term? I have horses I ride that's always been curious to me why others don't consider that a useful skill. Uh, gas runs out fast. I saw that after the summer's tornadoes. I can get around for a long time with my horses. Good point. A good point. Wasn't that, yeah. There was a TV show. I want to say it was a MASH episode, and she like, traded her car for, for an ox because the ox could pull a cart and eat at the side of the road if the car needed gas. I think it was yeah. an episode of MASH. Maybe. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point, right? The, the yeah, horse goes awesome a long, long time without uh, without needing to uh, without needing an external fuel source. That's true. Uh, she says here also. Uh, I'm also interested in bows and archery because guns. Meh. Ah, we can agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> bows are also awesome. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but the meh part. Eh, okay. Uh, I have dogs. Uh, for what most people would carry a gun, guarding my animals. Okay. Sure. Sure. Um, that's part of the prepping, but I find most in, or that's part of the pre prepping that I find most interesting. What comes after the first month? Uh, how would you adapt to a new reality? Yeah, good point. That's that's a real. That's a. I think we've got seventeen more episodes there. All of a sudden, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, she's doing well with archery. I actually tip my hat to her because um, honestly, my daughters and I gave it a, a solid effort for a year, and I still couldn't get to the point where I could do like an ethical kill on an animal. Because it's just, even at 25 yards, it's so tough with a, with a recurve bow. Uh, unless you go right to the compound that are hard to fix, but I'm you know more of a, a, a recurve or like a, a straight version crossbow. Because I mean, easier to fix, right? You can fix them yourself. Whereas anything compound is is basically you have to take it to a shop, right? Yeah, fair enough. Yep. 
Yeah, they're quiet too, right? They're they're not nearly as loud as a as a firearm would be. But yeah, and if she's not happy with firearms, you know what? That's cool too. Like, I mean, it's not for everybody, and certainly if if you're not comfortable with them, don't get them. <laughs> because oh, that is, that's a really good rule. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, but it's it, I think eventually that comes around too. Because I mean, I have animals for livestock protection, uh, but they can't cover twenty four seven. You know, um, we still lost one of our alpacas to a cougar with the dog barking because we didn't think it was actually the dog was barking about a cougar. We just thought it was barking at one of the neighbors. So. Hey, uh, they're not, it's not a foolproof system for sure. Yeah. Uh, this goes on here. Uh, as for your podcast challenge, I know the wind uh, generally comes from top west of my farm or the west in general. It's going to be bad if it comes from the bottom or the east. Uh, we changed the orientation of our barn because of the winds. Uh, we wanted to have the barn designed to use the winds for ventilation. Uh, I totally want to find a wilderness first aid class now. Uh, I have the basic uh, first aid kits around. Awesome. Well, I, we're we're gonna we're gonna do another first aid episode. I've got going on a wilderness first aid course in about a month, and we'll uh, I'm sure we'll circle back to first aid again, and that's uh, we'll talk about that again. I'm sure. Yes. Almost guaranteed. We scrolled off on the first aid topic a few times last episode, so I think for <laughs> sure we need at least a version 2.0, if not 3.0. I think we do. Yep. And I, and I bet you she's got a good supply of vet wrap at her farm already, so that's good. She'll be oh, able to vet wrap is the best. Yeah, vet wrap. That's a great preparedness tool. Uh, so finish us off with uh, keep up the good work, and I hope you mention the uh, bomb cyclone and flooding in Nebraska on the podcast. Uh, it was uh, farm country that was hit pretty bad, and that's the part I see on the news and follow. Uh, if you're ever doing a farming podcast, I have tons of resources and information. Uh, we're going to have to hit you up for that. Well, actually, Absolutely. Yeah, so Ursina, drop uh, Eric or myself or Alan, just drop one of us an email and uh, then we can get some basic contact info on you so we can, uh, if that's the case, we'll get you on for sure. Absolutely. Yep. And as far as iTunes reviews go, we are still with uh, NV35S from March the 10th. Uh, we are up to... 17 ratings now, so uh, 16 five-star. We've still got that one little guy of four stars. So don't worry about that little guy. <laughs> don't worry about that one. It's fine. It's fine. Just pretend it doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, worry. don't worry about it. <laughs> it was totally a typo. Just can't be changed. Yeah, just click the wrong button there. Right? <laughs> and uh, no new uh, Podbean reviews either. Well, you can't win a month. You can't win every week, and that's all right. No, this is true. Uh, so with that, I'll, I'll bring episode number 17 of the uh, Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Take a few minutes and submit a review. Uh, it helps us uh, know that uh, that we're doing well and that uh, you're enjoying the show or you're not, depending on the type of review that you put in, like that one little guy there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us at uh, prepperpodcast.ca. And Taha, you want to take the opportunity to plug your uh, website and your uh, contact info again? Yes. Um, thanks for having me on the for, for our first podcast here. Uh, it was really fun to uh, to spend a couple hours with you guys. Um, for, for people who are interested in getting their personal taxes filed or uh, looking for a better way of running their business more efficiently, uh, trying to ha- uh, try and hand off your bookkeeping and day-to-day cumbersome paperwork stuff uh, to a professional accountant and their team to take care of, uh, you can visit our website, countech.ca. Uh, we service, uh, we're based in Toronto. However, uh, we work with clients all across Ontario. Some of my, some of my clients are based in Edmonton, uh, Northern Ontario, um, even uh, some in Vancouver. 
Oh, awesome. Fair enough. fair enough. So you can, uh, if you want to reach Ian directly, you can uh, email me at uh, theislandretreat at gmail.com. You can also find me giving my two cents worth on Canadian Patriot Podcast, also available on iTunes and YouTube. There you will find us discussing the merits of a freer society, exposing more government waste, and squirreling off on the odd tactically driven conversation. I also record these shows live on YouTube. Uh, if you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the Islander Treat YouTube channel. Click the notifications tab. That will let you know when we are going live. Uh, you can find me directly on Instagram at PPSWO. Awesome. Uh, please check out Rapid Survival at uh, rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there in the live chat while you're uh, buying some prepper gear. Uh, you can also email me at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, Taha, just another thank you very much for coming out uh, this evening and, and spending an hour or so with us and, and sharing your knowledge. Uh, greatly appreciate it. I know uh, the listeners are, are going to uh, to use your information and uh, hopefully give you a call as well, possibly use your services. Uh, but it's been great to have you uh, come out and, and share your knowledge. We, uh, we all greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on the show. So uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, tune in next episode where we're going to be discussing mutual assistance groups and uh, avoiding the lone wolf situation. So uh, until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.